every minute of every day. He knows exactly where we are because during this week, uh, some of the meditation that I had was about the name of Jesus and how we know that there are many people, and we know personally people who are named Jesus or Jesus. So when we sing, what a beautiful name it is. How powerful that name is. You've heard there's power in the name of Jesus. And Miss, and Miss Michelle, Pastor Michelle, as she pointed out, you know, that name is being thrown around and it's being used. But my brothers and sisters, as I was meditating this week, see, there's no accident. There's no accident. Michelle absolutely was led by the Holy Ghost. And so what happens is, it's not the name in and of itself. It's that person who was named Jesus, who was named Yeshua, Joshua. It's that person who that we believe in, who we put our trust in, who, re re who we rely upon. Amen. Hallelujah. Who we adhere to. It's that person. Amen? Amen. And that's who we're going to pray to with and for right now. Hallelujah. Great God and Father in heaven, thank you so much. Jesus, we believe in you. Jesus, we love you. And we love you because you first loved us. We love you, Lord, because you loved us and you stretched out your hands for us and you gave yourself for us that we would have the right to come before God now in your name, Jesus. Not just that, that five-letter name, not just those letters situated in the right way. Those letters mean nothing, Lord. It's you who mean everything. It's, it's that name that you bore. It's that name that is above all names because you bore it. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you now, putting all of our faith and trust and all of our confidence in him. Lord, knowing that these prayers are being heard by you because of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for so many that have come in this room today who were feeling sick in their bodies, Lord, who are feeling tired. But Lord, we just don't even listen. We don't adhere to. We don't rely upon even our own bodies. Lord, we rely upon you and your word which says that by your stripes we're healed. We receive our healing right now, even now spiritually. Yes, Lord, heal us spiritually. Open our eyes. Father, please shed abroad in our hearts fresh your grace, your love, and your mercy that we may love others and have mercy on others, that we may forgive others, that we may, Father, love others unconditionally. Father, thank you for that. Thank you, Spirit, for that ability. Thank you, Spirit, for that fresh anointing, that fresh touch that you're giving us right now, even now. Lord Jesus, aside from healing our bodies, Lord, we pray that you would empower us that through the rest of this day, through this, this service, that you would continue to minister to us, Holy Spirit, that you would open our eyes, that you would, Father, you know, change our minds, conform us more to the image of not the name Jesus, the person Jesus. Father, conform us to the image of your dear Son. Father, do something in us, on us. Father, help us, Lord, to be more like your kids than we've ever been before. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Father, there are so many um, homes that are represented in this room with so many needs. Lord, we can name the usual financial, material, all of those things, but Father, we need more of you. Lord, as a body of believers, Father, as uh, ministry leaders, we have decisions that we need to make. Father, we're counting on you. We want to be led by you. We don't want to do what seems right to us. 
We want to do what you've purposed and planned even from eternity past, that we may walk, Father, on the path that you've laid before us. We want our steps as individuals, our steps as your congregation to be ordered by you. Father, we pray this in the mighty... Father, I... I, I, Church, if you have a need right now, you know in your heart that this thing is tripping you up that the, and you just can't seem to get over this, this thing, this hump. And you may not even know what it is, but there's something. You have this strong desire. You want to follow Jesus, but there's things that always seem to get in the way. I, I'm praying right now. Would you pray, please? Father, please, in Jesus' name, rebuke the stumbling block for our sakes. Father, because of the great work that you did in Christ, please remove these stumbling blocks. Strengthen us in our inner man. Father, in Jesus' name, we desire to follow you. But something keeps getting in the way. Some of us know what it is. And even though we know what it is, it still trips us up. Lord, help us in this moment to put that under the blood of Jesus completely and totally. Father, though, for those of us who don't know what it is, Father, reveal it to us that we may be, can be able to confess it before you, that we may be able to see it, identify it, and then pray that you would rebuke it in Jesus' name. Father, we love you. We pray that you would be with us the rest of the service. Reveal your heart to us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you and thank you for your patience. Um, and those of you who were here last week, I appreciate um, some of you who served. It was awesome. But I want to tell you that I'm very uh, excited about this message. So I hope that the Lord, Lord, please allow me to deliver this in the spirit in which you gave it to me. And Father, give us, all of us, ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive your truth in all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 3 is where we'll start this morning. <clears throat> For, and we're going to begin in verse 9. And I beg you, because I've got a little bit of scripture today, but I'm begging you, especially you young people, I know that that's not your favorite thing, but I'm begging you, please pay attention to the scripture this morning. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen? So, again, it all begins and ends with Jesus. We have to, you know, recognize Jesus for who he was, what he did, right? And that's the basis. That's where we start. That's what this whole thing is being built on. Built on what? That Jesus is exactly who he said he was. That he was our propitiation. He was God in a body. And he showed us the way. He stretched out and he showed us God's love. Amen? For us. And we responded. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Now, therefore... You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord.
in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So I want you to, and, and I know many of us have been in churches for a long time, and I know some of you have been with me for a long time. God is building a house. Remember that message from a long time ago. God is building a house. So what is it? That we are all being built. We're being built Spiritually, we're being built. We're being built as individuals, and then we're being built as we come together. God is building himself, his dwelling place. The Holy Ghost already dwells within you. You've received the spirit of adoption, and so you have a measure of the Holy Spirit in you. And so you're being built. You're continuing to build on that. But remember, the foundation is what's important. The foundation is what's important. There are many religions. There are many religious people. There are even people who would name the name of Christ, but they don't understand fully what Christ did, who he is. Are you with me? I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. Would you put up that next slide for me, that picture? There you go. I I just want to, I just really want, I wish I had a pointer because I'm so short, but here we'll do this. I wanted to show you this, and this is, I'm fascinated, I'm so fascinated with skyscrapers and the construction of skyscrapers. Have, you know, have any of you been to any big cities? Tampa, I guess, qualifies, but yeah, if you see New York, obviously, you know, and the, and the World Trade Centers, what they were, and now the Freedom Tower, but even the Empire State Building, when it was built, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, was it the late 20s, early 30s? I just can't recall. But anyway, they had to go down to the bedrock they went down to bedrock. Remember, Manhattan is an island, completely surrounded by water. But, you know, so they went down to the bedrock, and that was that, that rock that they built upon. And so look, look what you have here. I, I just show you this diagram. See, so they have these pilings, and these pilings have to go down to the rock, and it depends on how big the structure is. When you build houses, you don't have to go down to the bedrock, certainly not in Florida. But you know what I'm saying. It, Tony, help me out here. Do, is there any kind of, when you're building... Do you do any kind of soil density tests or anything? The soil density tests are done so that you know that at least it's dense enough, it's compacted enough in that area to withstand the weight of that house, correct? Okay, so that there is at least that. But when you're building a skyscraper, you're building a, a big building, and you know, it's going to be up there you know, in the air, and you know, the wind affecting it, and all the elements, and so on and so forth. Man, you go down to the rock. And so you look, you see the foundation pilings and it's showing you this one don't make it to the bedrock. There's this substantial leaning that could take place. And this, you have to go down to the bedrock. Are you getting me? Who's the rock? Jesus. Jesus. He's the rock. So, oh, big deal, Tony. Who, who didn't need to, who needs, do I have another slide there, Mary? Well, somebody didn't know that. <laughs> and leave it to the Italians, right, Christina? So obviously this foundation wasn't proper because of the weakness of this foundation, the building's leaning. Now they say it's only four degrees. That looks like more than four degrees to me. But maybe it started off at four degrees anyway, but also we also know this, four degrees down here is going to look a lot worse by the time, however high it goes, it's going to, geometry. No? Okay, we're not there? Okay. (laughs) Okay, but we know that, you know, that's st- and that, that failed because of the foundation. Do we have any more, Mary? Was that the last one? There we go. Here's what I wanted to show you. My brothers and sisters, you see this building is going up. It's being built. And there's no doubt that the density tests or if there, there was bedrock that needed to be hit, that's, that's being done. And you see how you have this crane, right? It's constructed. It's moving the materials. And floor by floor, it's being built up. And it may be identical on every floor. 
And, and a lot of times that, that structure, those beams carry all the way up, a lot of times to the top. If it doesn't, there is, it's, it's somehow, some way, engineering, which I don't totally understand, but thank God there are many people who are way smarter than me who understand that, and they're able to do this through math and everything else. They understand, you know, the load, and they understand, you know, spreading the load, distributing the weight and distributing loads and how much it takes and this and that. But I, I'm always fascinated by these superstructures, the way they go up. Now, you see that? That first phase, you saw part. This is not the same building, but I couldn't find anything where I could just show you in phases. But you see how, the, you know, the, you would build the beams and the structures and the flooring, and then you start putting the facade, the outside on. Sometimes they're, they're glass. You use a lot of glass and steel. Uh, sometimes it's concrete slabs. What, do they have a name for that where you're just totally, you know, the concrete panel construction? Yeah, they do that, the concrete panel on top of each other and so on and so forth. But you see, there's this progress that's being made. See, you, you got to put those pilings on there, but you, first you got to, that rock, that rock. You, you find that rock, and then you build some pillars on that rock, some posts, some pilings to support what's coming next. And then you have that, that first floor, that basement, or whatever it is. And then you may have another foundation or a slab or whatever it is. And, and then the next floor is going on it. And, and then, Mary, could you go back to the other one real quick? See, and then each time as you're getting higher now, you don't have guys like Tony on the ground where I used to do when I was in construction pulling the rope to get the materials up. You know, no, now you have this crane and you've got these big things. The supplies being lifted on each floor as this thing is getting higher. And as this thing is getting higher, this built upon this level and then this level and built and all neared and all of it's precise. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So my brothers and sisters, with that in mind, let's continue. I'm going to be in 2 Corinthians now, chapter uh, 3, beginning in verse 1. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or do, we need, or do we need, as some others, epistles or letters of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written on our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And we have such trust for Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to think of anything but as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So you think about that for a moment. Now, now we know in the next few verses, you know, Paul uh, opens that up just a little bit. When he's talking about the letter, he's talking about the law and the prophets, right? He's talking about the law of Moses. Right? And so now he's saying that letter, that, but now he goes a little bit further and he speaks of the glory of the old. Right? As you continue in those verses, he speaks about the glory of the old. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead right now to 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, and then I'll kind of interject. In 2 Corinthians, now we're jumping ahead, same chapter. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We're being transformed into the same image of who? The Lord. From glory to glory. 
step by step, phase to phase, we're being transformed from glory to glory, from status to status, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Okay, so watch. Moses said in between, was he talked about the veil, and he talked about the glory of the Lord, glory of God that shone on Moses' face. And so when Moses spoke to the children of Israel, he spoke and that glory was shining. When he was done speaking, he put the veil over his face. And, he, and, the, and Paul says, that glory, that was, so, that, was a, that was definitely glory there, that he was in the presence of God. And the glory about the Lord was shown all over Moses' face, but that glory, he says, was fading away. And even, even Paul, the Apostle Paul says, even to this day, when they read those scriptures, they have a veil, but the veil is over their heart. He, they couldn't recognize then. That, that glory was fading away. They, they, that was something. He said, well, that glory was fading away. Does that mean the... No, it was that, that spoke of a greater glory to come. That that glory... Don't get stuck in that glory. That glory that's shown about Moses. Uh, yeah, man, it was, was it glorious? See, now if someone's listening, they didn't see those, those air quotes that I just did. And that might sound silly or redundant. Was that glory glorious? Was it impressive? Was it, did it speak of something high? Did it speak of something awesome? Absolutely it did. Was, was the law and the prophets, were that, was that awesome? Yes, that was every bit God. Every bit. God. And the law and the prophets spoke to the glory that was coming through Jesus Christ. Remember what Jesus said, and not too long ago we spoke this in the sermon, and Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you say in them there's eternal life, but the scriptures speak of me. Were the, was the Old Testament and the prophets, was that glorious, church? Absolutely. Absolutely. But that glory was fading away. That glory was fading away. Now the current glory, the opportunity that we have when we go to him, we are being transformed, right? Just as by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I need to get some more excited people in here. <laughs> it's his image. Now all of a sudden, see, we don't have to, the veil that was torn, Right? And that's that veil of separation when Jesus died. You know, that, that veil that was torn, it, it, was, it was that thing that separated. Separated from going into the Holy of Holies. Separated peoples from peoples. Right? Only certain people could go by. Right? Somebody help me preach here this morning. What, what, did I walk in the wrong church? Hey, are you hearing? Okay, listen. This veil is, was, was torn by Jesus. Why? Because in Jesus, we have the right to go to God. In Christ, we can go to God. In Jesus, we're one. No black, no white, no Asian, no uh, Latino, no, 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 no Hispanic. We're all one. In Christ, we're all one. No matter what anybody continues to try to separate you from your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're all, we're one. Period. That's it. Listen. I'm telling you, it's more important that we continue to teach our kids that more and more now. I want to share this with you, and I don't know why I'm going here, but I'm going to go. Holy Spirit, help me. You know, I have friends who are born-again Christians, and they've, they've ministered, they, they have children, and, and uh, they adopted children, and one of their children has a different uh, skin tone. 
love that child, raise that child. And my brothers and sisters, you know, it's just to me, it's just, it broke my heart because that person now that they're older identifies themselves as someone different because and I'm thinking, man. And that only goes because of what the culture is teaching our children. They loved that, that person. They raised that person as their own. Continue to care and love that person. Now. And, but there's, there, now that person wants to be identified, is identifying themselves differently because of what they're being taught and told. So I want to tell you, born-again Christians, adults, I want to tell you it's so important that we in no way, shape, or form give our children or the children that are living in our atmosphere any reason to think anything other than in Christ we are all one, period. That's it. End of conversation. Hallelujah. All one. We're transformed into the same, this glory to glory, step to step. That building started on the foundation and it's being transformed and, and, and it's growing Floor by floor, panel by panel, brick by brick. Are you getting me? Are you with me? Look at that. Work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Someone said, said to me uh, uh, not too long ago about what, what seminary uh, did I go to? And I said, what are you talking about? I'm still in seminary. I'm still in seminary. I didn't matriculate from any seminary. I'm still in it. Help me out here, somebody, this morning. Holy mackerel. All right, I'm going to read to you from Acts 18. Acts 18, now a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord. Hey, 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 listen. Are you with me? I want to, I want to backtrack just a little bit. Let's emphasize something, folks. This man was eloquent and mighty in the scriptures. What scriptures? Had to be the Old Testament, right? Okay. Came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. So he was instructed in what? In the way of the Lord. Who's the Lord? Jesus. Why would whoever... This is the author, is, is Luke. Why would Luke say he was instructed in the word of the Lord or in the way of the Lord if he only meant the Old Testament scriptures. He's already said scriptures. Now he's saying that he's instructed in the way of the Lord. Are you with me? There's a reason why I'm, I'm saying this because some people will tell you that just, that just means that he knew the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures. I believe that the Holy Spirit through Luke is telling us something just a little bit different because he already said he was mighty in the scriptures. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord. Are you with me? Okay. Though he knew only the baptism of John. So he knew the baptism of repentance before Christ. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of, listen, the way of God more accurately. Now, verse 27 together. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And he, went, he arrived, he greatly helped those who believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly. 
showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Now, let me backtrack here. What happened to Apollos? What happened? It's not a trick question. Let's, uh, let me read it back to you. He began to speak boldly in his synagogue in verse 26 of chapter 18 when Aquila and Priscilla heard him. Who were Aquila and Priscilla? Anybody remember? These were born-again Christians. These were born-again Christians and they were uh, friends of Paul. So they heard the gospel. They were, they were disciples of Christ. And they were also friends of Paul. So they, they heard not only, you know, they heard Paul's preaching. They heard the revelation that Paul had. And so now they heard this man, Apollos, preaching and teaching in the synagogue. And then they took him aside and explained to him the way of God, listen, more accurately. They added to what he already knew. They, they taught him. He was at a level. He was already teaching in the synagogues, teaching what? The way of the Lord. He was already teaching the way of the Lord in the synagogue. But they pull, and they heard him speak, and they say, this guy's got it. This guy, there's, they recognize something. They pull him aside, and they teach him more accurately the ways of the Lord. Apollos was at a level. There's some more construction going on. See, you ain't getting excited like I get it. There, there, there's, there's more construction going on. There's more to be had. There was Aquila and Priscilla. God had some people in the way. God had that man. He called that man to preach the gospel. He called that man, listen, to make disciples. He called that man to edify the church. He called that man to build the church. And now that man needed some building up so that he could be more effective for what the Lord called him to do. So that he could be more effective in building up the church. And that's exactly what happened. God put some some of his disciples in his path. And they taught him more accurately the word of the Lord, the way of the Lord. And Apollos went from here to here. Now he's ready to travel, baby. He's taking the show on the road. Now he's ready to go. Hallelujah. And there's something that's going to, something's going to take place. I love it. So what takes place? Well, we got a little hint of it. What, what was the hint? Look at what it says in verse 28. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly. He's no longer in the synagogue. He's taking it outside the church. He's refuting the Jews. He's refuting those people who already thought that they knew. Those people who are still looking through the veil. They can't observe. The, they've already veiled their hearts. They've already went ahead and their hearts are veiled. Their hearts are veiled. They don't want to believe that Jesus is their Messiah. But he opens, it starts debating them vigorously, publicly. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. I love that. What happened to him? Well, he got the word of God. He got, he got more of the word of God. He was taught more accurately about Jesus. And, and, there was, there was, and, and, and it was just not this new word. Just not, this is what Jesus did. This is what he said. This is what he did. This is what happened. It was more than that. And I think we get a hint. And I'm not going to take great, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just don't want you to think that I'm, t I, I just don't think that it's not an accident. When this scripture ends, here's what happens in the next scripture, in Acts 19. It, don't, it's not going to be on the board. Just write it down. Acts 19, verses 1. It happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, finding some who? Disciples. It doesn't say whose disciples, but it just says disciples, right? 
then we can assume that who this is the Word of God. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Believed what? The Word of God. Believed in Jesus. These are disciples of Christ. That's how we know that the, the Bible is telling us very plainly that you'll have people that would dispute that. This is pretty plain to me. He's found some disciples. Paul found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? If they were disciples of anybody else, why would he ask them if they received the Holy Spirit? You can only receive the Holy Spirit through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. So why would he ask them if they received the Holy Spirit? They must have been disciples of Jesus. How do you know that, Tony? Well, there it is. That's all I need. Yet and still. You will still read commentaries. You'll still hear people preach this differently. I don't know. I'm not going to stand here and tell you, I know better than them. I'm just reading what it says. How could we think any other thing when it's saying it that very plainly, I think? Don't you think? I think it's very plain. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not even much as heard there was a Holy Spirit. So we know what happens. And so Paul says, well, you know, what were you baptized in? Well, we received the baptism of John. We received the baptism to, to receive Jesus, to receive repentance, and to receive the Messiah. So he baptized them in the name of Jesus and, and laid his hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues and prophesy. Something happened. What happened to them? I believe it's the same thing that happened to Apollos. When you go back now just a few verses before that and you see Aquila and Priscilla, they're teaching Apollos more accurately the way of Jesus and there's no question about it. If he only received the baptism of John unto repentance, preparing his heart to receive Jesus, then he also probably did not receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost and so he received the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Now all of a sudden, he's on the street preaching. And teaching vigorously, powerfully, hallelujah, the, the, a, new, a new step. The building is being built. Am I getting too excited? Man, I can't help it. Hallelujah. Where does that leave me? Am I still glory to glory just as by the Spirit of God? Mary, I'm going to throw a curveball. Would you please throw up 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18? 2 Corinthians. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We love that. Right? What does that mean to us? I'm free. And in context, it means there's no religious things that can hold me back. I'm not, I don't have to worry about, ooh, ooh, am I worshiping on Saturday? Am I worshiping on Sunday? Um, did I get uh, circumcised on the eighth day? Um, uh, gosh, geez, did I eat the wrong thing? Um, I'm not making fun. I'm not, listen, in no way am I making fun. But we were freed from the religious yoke. We were freed also, more importantly, most importantly, from the law of sin and death. And the law could not do that. In fact, that's the whole point is that the law, remember what we just read before we got there, that the law kills. See, the law points out that you deserve death because of sin. You deserve death because of sin. But the law also says, and the prophets also say, that there's, a, a, there's relief coming. There's a, there's a better promise coming. 
There's another, listen, there's a whole other covenant coming. My brothers and sisters, it was this law that kills, but the Spirit brings us freedom from sin and death, the law of sin and death. And all those religious things do not, do not, do not. Now it's just do. Do what? Follow Christ with everything you've got. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we love that. Behold, listen, I'm, I'm going, there's liberty, but in all, but we all with unveiled face, not holding back anymore. We don't have to go ahead and, and have the face veiled because that glory is sustained. That glory is not going away. It's not fading away. That glory that we observe in Christ Jesus on that cross, that glory that we observe in Christ Jesus rising from the dead, that glory, that status, that stature that he had, it's not going away. In fact, it's increased. Jesus received more glory and is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. We're going to see a different Jesus when, than that Jesus that walked this earth. We're going to see a more glorified Jesus. Amen. We'll see Jesus in his full glory. Hallelujah. He, he's, he's different now. He's not the same status or the st same stature that he was. His glory has increased. It's not fading. It's getting bigger. It's getting more glorious, if I could use that. And, and that's, the, that's what we're supposed to do. Look, look at what it says right there. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, from status from here to here, from here to here. So are you doing that? And it, the only way that happens is by the Spirit of God. Are you with me? Okay. So let's go to Hebrews 6.1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Let us go on to perfection. Not laying in the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Dead works, works that have nothing to do with Jesus, religious things, the things that we think uh, earn us favor with God, any of that, any of the things that the, the Spirit is not in. Those things do not grow us up. They don't, they're not advancing us. They're not perfecting us. And they don't challenge our faith. Usually when we do those things, it's things that we can do in our own strength. It's those things that we can do and, and it may take some of our own willpower. But I don't want to operate on Tony's power, none of it. I don't, I'm not out to prove. There are many people who have strong wills, who have strong willpower, who are able to do things, you know, just awesome things, just by the power of their own will. But they have nothing to do with God. So I don't want to do anything just because I have strength or it's, or it's according to my own will or I have the willpower to do it. I want something that's beyond me and the only way that it can get done is God through me. Amen. Right? And, that, and that's what happens. That's how you go from glory to glory, status to stature. So we don't go ahead and do those things that we can do or those things we want to try. We do those things that the Holy Spirit directs us. Amen? He directs us to these things. But again, look at what it's saying. Let us go on to perfection. Now we know perfection is speaking to this completion, right? Okay, how do we know what's complete? Let me talk to you real. This is the graduation season, right? 
There are many, let's just speak to college graduates. Most of them studied for four years and some of them have already uh, have gotten graduate degrees. When you've gotten a graduate degree, your, your field is picked out. You're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, whatever it is. You're going to be a, a businessman, you have a master's in business, whatever it is. You know, you've already know that this is what I'm doing. For the, it's, map, it's mapped out. So now, as a person who maybe has spent eight years in school studying a certain thing, then you know, okay, now I've gotten this job. I, now I'm a doctor. Okay, so it's complete. Mission complete, right? More or less. Because now, theoretically, let's just, just, just speak for the sake of illustration here. Theoretically, you know, um, you're going to be paying back your student loans if you had them, if you didn't come from a rich family. But you're making a, uh, hopefully you have a good practice, and you're making some money, and you're paying off your student loans. You're having a, you have a family. You, you're living comfortably. You know, three or four cars, some, you know, b enough money to spend on recreation, and then, you know, not enough to smack serious around. But anyway, whatever the case may be, you know, you've got this thing going. It's laid out. You've, you're arrived. And we know that that's not necessarily true, but just according to that one little aspect of life. Maybe that's not it. I used to think when I was younger, you know, I, I couldn't wait to get out of school. And then I knew I wasn't going to go to college. But then I had to go to college because there was no way I wanted to work construction the rest of my life. Then I'm going to college and I'm working all these jobs. And you guys, I'm saying something that you guys know you've done it. And then you're always thinking about if I could just get this degree or if I could just finish this course. Or if I could, I, then, when, then when I decided my degree had nothing to do with what I'm doing now uh, away from here, but I, I just felt like, golly, you know what? If I could just get my certified status as a golf course manager, you know, then I'm going to be set. And guess what? That didn't happen. But I knew that if I did that, yeah, did God bless me? Yes, if it wasn't for God, who knows? Who knows? I would have, forget about it. But my, but my point is this, you know, we're status. I'm looking for this status. I'm looking for this level. I want to get there. Because when I get there, then it's done. So now we know perfection, and this scripture is talking about being complete, getting the course done, winning the race, finishing whatever that course is. Are you with me? Are you there? Okay, well, who gets to tell you or me what there is? God. But the problem is we don't operate that way. We're working toward perfection, completeness, but do we really know what it is? I, I want to share two scriptures with you. Um, it's not going to be on the board. Jeremiah 10, 23. Oh, Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in a man who walks to direct his own steps. Did you hear that? Did you hear what the prophet said? And that's the word of God. How do I know that? It's there. The prophet said it. Watch. It's not in me. It's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be me that determines where, how I, where I walk, the course of my life. It's not in me. Man's not supposed to do it. It's God who determines your course. He's the one who sets the step. Psalm 37, 23 and 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. God delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hands. My brothers and sisters, think about that for a moment. Think about, put these two scriptures together. We're not going, we're not taking great latitude right here. The steps of a good man, there are no good men. Isn't that right? That's Jesus said. So what does the scripture mean? 
in, in uh, I think it's in the King James, the steps of a righteous man. There are none righteous, no, not one. Okay, so you, there you go, Tony. How could you even understand the scriptures that contradict themselves? No, what that's saying is exactly what it's supposed to say and exactly what it means. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So the people, listen, our steps are ordered by the Lord. We're, we're righteous men and women because of Christ Jesus. Our steps are ordered by the Lord. And it was never really supposed to be determined by any man in or out of the Lord that he would walk his own way. That's what got Adam and Eve kicked out of Eden. God had told them the way, but they decided to go their own way. Are you with me? Okay, so this is very basic and elementary. No wonder why you can't get excited. But my brothers and sisters, if this is true, then this speaks volumes maybe to where we are right now. Why it just seems we, we don't have what we want. Why it just seems we, we can't be happy. Or we're buying all of these things, we're taking all these trips, we're, we're, we're with the right people, and we've got the right jobs, and we're moving forward, and we're moving ahead in our careers, and we're moving ahead, we're even going to go to college next year, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, but still there's this emptiness, there's this spot that just can't be filled. Because you're looking to get that next level over there somewhere and God is trying to grow you up right here. You're, you're ordering your own steps. You're ordering your own steps and then you still go to church enough, you still read enough and you think, this doesn't work. I'm praying to God and, and it, it just doesn't work. Because you're still operating according to what you know, how you feel, what you do. I want to show you a couple more slides. Mary, would you show the next slide? Yes. Now, my son may recognize this. Before I came back to um, Florida in 98, we did a project in Carolina. And it was on a, a property that was the old PTL. And our, the people that I went to work for bought it out of bankruptcy. And they you know, tried to rebuild it and all this. Now, this is a tower. You're seeing it from far away. This was done under the old regime. And they started this tower. It was timeshares and retirement for people, and people bought into that. And they were sending their money from all over, the, all over the country, all over the world. And they were sending their money, and that's how they got that tower built to that uh, extent. But then after they went bankrupt, the construction stopped. That's what it was supposed to look like when it was complete. And you could tell, I mean, that, that's an artist rendering, obviously a drawing. Um, and this, my brothers and sisters, is a picture from far away. From far away, it looks pretty good. But I will tell you, when I was there, that was already a f had been a few years that had gone by. And there used to be, remember the crane I showed you in the other, on the other side of that building? There was a crane. And when I was there, that crane had deteriorated so much that they just, I think it was maybe the second year before we left, like 96, I believe. I could be off a little bit, so please, you know, don't send me letters if I'm wrong. But the fact of the matter is, they blew up that crane. They had to demolish the crane because parts were falling off of it. It's rusting. And, you know, in fact, I think that the county at that time had talked to our owners and said, you got to do something about this. They condemned the building. There was stuff falling off the building. Literally, stuff falling off the building. And so, you know, but they never tore it down. They didn't do anything with it. In fact, it's still up today. Mary, could you go to the next one? See this building? 
Now, you can't see it real good. The pictures aren't great. I tried to get as good as I could. But this roof up here, it's, it's collapsing. This tall building, it's like 20-something uh, stories. In fact, I mean, there, we had our antennas with repeaters up on that building. I could be in downtown Charlotte. This is in Fort Mill, South Carolina. I could be in downtown Charlotte, and I could talk to my guys at work. That building was so tall. It had such uh, power. You know, it was amped up, and it was awesome. But you could see stuff deteriorating, falling off the building. Look at this a little up close. Deteriorating, falling off the building. That roof is collapsed in some areas. Look, there's all kind of weeds and plants and stuff growing on it. It's totally deteriorating. So why in the world would I bring that up? What, what has that got to do with what the, where the Lord has us today? No, not really. You know what it is? I was just feeling nostalgic. I wanted to... <laughs> no. no, there's no such thing as Static. You, it doesn't stay the same. In this world that we live in, everything is, is changing. And either you're advancing or you're retreating, but you're not staying the same. See, we're called to move, to grow, to be, listen, to go from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. So sometimes if we think, well, we're there, we're not there. Because when you're staying, the nature of who we are, listen, our older brother, Adam, messed it up because when he brought sin into this realm, corruption came into this realm. There's nothing that's advancing or getting younger. No matter what drugs they try to peddle, no matter what exercise program, no matter what. Should you exercise? Yes. Should you get the right nourishment? Yes. Absolutely. But in this culture, in the, no, 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 not even in this culture, my brothers, in this world, the nature of what's happening now is things are corrupting. Even nature knows it. Doesn't the scripture tell us that even nature is crying out to see what the sons of God will be? John, does the scripture, absolutely. It's, the Bible says that. Why? Even nature knows that this is not how God intended it. In Corinthians, the fifth chapter, it says that, you know, we don't, we're not looking forward to just dying, but what we are looking forward to is this corrupt, this temporal, to put on incorruption. We want this body from heaven. We want the eternal. But my brothers and sisters, if we are, if we said, well, I, I'm a lot better now. I go to church every Sunday. I go to church every Sunday. Well, I'm glad that you do. But my brothers and sisters, that's not necessarily, that's not changing your status. Not, not, could that help you? Yes. Or there are some people, well, I went to church two weeks in a row, missing one week ain't going to mean anything. Come on. I go to church on Sunday. I don't need to go Wednesday too. After all, I'm so busy. Well, why, Tony, are you making this about church? Because church is part of this. Because remember where we started. We're all being built up individually and together. Ooh, I didn't get a lot of amens there. We're being built up individually and together. See, church isn't about what you see and what you receive when you get here. It's about some of that, but it's also about what you bring and what you give when you get here. Amen. That's a fact. We're being built together. 
We're, we're supposed to be going from glory to glory, step by step, together. Amen? Amen. Okay. I really didn't expect to be shouted down there, but... Are you a work in progress? Are you a work in progress? Are you progressing? See, because listen, if you're not progressing, that's what those slides were all about, my brothers and sisters. If you're not progressing, you're declining. So we, we got to be progressing. We got to be, I'm still in seminary. I'm still learning. I'm still being taught. And some of the things, man, did you ever have, Mike, have you ever gone back and thought about any of the messages that you preached and cringed? Was that a yes? yes. Yeah, me too. I think, man, that was so shallow. Man, I didn't know nothing then. John, ever happened to you? Where you just, yeah, you just, man, I, I, know, I know a lot more now. I'm being, and I'm not, listen, I'm not standing up here all bold and telling you how much I know and all that. No, no, no. I'm saying all of us, all of us, we're in a different place right now. Let me ask you all something. I want you to think about this in your heart. My hope is that some of you are here and you've remained here for all of these years because you're learning. You're continuing to learn. I hope it's that you're not here just because you feel comfortable. Because if you're comfortable here, I'm not doing my job. My job is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. You need to be, listen, not coming because you're, you're, you're comfortable, it's smooth, it's easy, you know people, blah, blah, blah. No, you need to be challenged. Because that's the way you go to the next level. Some of the best teachers that I remember from high school and college are those teachers that challenged me. No, they weren't ugly or stupid about it, but they challenged me. Those were, I remember a man by the name of John Erlbaum in high school was a math teacher. He challenged me personally. Not, and I wasn't special. He treated his students that way. He cared if they were learning. And he didn't, you didn't, there was no sitting back in the classroom and just you know, passing the time by. That man was all over it. He would make sure that you were getting it. And if you didn't get it, he'd stick with you until you got it. I had teachers in college, some the same way. And some that would tell me. Man, I took a quiz one time. The teacher called me up after the, the quiz. He said, what's wrong with you? So what are you talking about? He says, what's wrong with you? He said, there's no way. I know you know better than this. What's wrong with you? And he got pretty, you know, brash, pretty bold. What's wrong with you? I know you know better than this. I know you know this material, but that quiz says that you don't. So see me after class tomorrow night and we'll... Man, I was just wanting to get the darn piece of paper where I can get a better job and stop working on a golf course. But he challenged me. See, that's what this is about. You've got to be challenged. You've got to be stretched. You can't get comfortable. You, man, you can't get comfortable. You have to be challenged. You have to learn some new things, and then you have to apply it. And when you apply it, you've got to know that it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. That's why he gives you his spirit from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of God. It's his spirit. His spirit driving you. His spirit teaching you. His spirit guiding you. His spirit strengthening you. And it's not your own strength. It's got to be His. That's how you grow. That's how you go. Come on now. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, that the inward man is being renewed. When? Day by day. Day by day. 
Well, that just means fresh, uh, wait, wait, fresh mercies. Well, how does that song go? Great is thy faithfulness. New mercies. Yeah. Okay, no, that doesn't mean I get new mercy every day. That means I'm getting new instruction. I'm getting new grace every day. Grace, more strength. Uh, there's more to learn. There's more to do. Come on. Man, I feel like I'm preaching to... to come on, man. Listen. Our outward man is perishing. I want to tell you something. I'm older now than I've ever been. Thank you, Eddie. Somebody got it. Come on, man. I'm older now than tomorrow. I'll be a little older than I was today. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Jeez, you're making it so hard today. Listen, I'm older now than I've ever been. Listen, I can't do things that I used to do. And I've got some young men that work for me that think I'm just an old fuddy-duddy and I don't, you know, I can't do nothing. And, you know, yeah, well, Tony, you, you'll do that or Tony. So I, I had one guy who was surprised. Man, you could lift that? Hey, sun's out, gun's out, baby. No, hey, don't you even. I can't, this body is not doing the same things that it, I used to be able to beat my son running backwards. Now I can't beat my grandson running forward. <laughs> Dom, let's try it after work. I mean, after church. So listen. Listen to me. Listen. Up here. Listen. The body is corrupt. It's corrupting. It's, it's deteriorating. But listen. I'm being renewed. The, the, the inward man is being renewed day by day. Or is your inward person, are you being renewed day by day? Because if you're not, you're declining. Come on. Hallelujah. If you're not being renewed day by day, then you're declining. Well, I don't know. It's not working, Tony. Things aren't working out. You know, when I pray, uh, you know, and I, you know, are you being renewed day by day? Are you living off of last year's glory? Do you have a new testimony? Does anybody in here have a new testimony? Can you stand up and testify? God has done this in my life. Man, I, I didn't even know what to say, but I had an opportunity that God, he, he brought somebody in my path, and I was able to, I didn't even remember, I, I didn't even know that I knew that scripture, and the Lord directed me right in that moment, and I was able to minister to somebody, and that person was relieved. They thanked me for, I, I helped them. Oh, Tony was so great. That's, oh man, that's how you do it. His strength, his word, his way. Do you have a new testimony? Or are you still living off of last year's testimony? Are we always talking about how it used to be? That's another thing my guys hate. I'm talking to these guys. I'm training new guys, Steve. And I'm telling these guys all the time about the old days, what we used to do, how I learned. What we, you know, and I, sometimes I just got to sit there and apologize, especially these young guys. I'm training a guy right now, young. He wants to have my job someday. So I'm telling them all of this. I'm trying to teach them. And I'll tell them some stories. And sometimes after I get a little bit long-winded telling these stories, I can almost hear the eyes in his, his head rolling back. Yeah? Uh, not again. Hey, listen, I'm sorry. That's all, guys. That's what we got. We got some old stories. But I'm going to tell you that, listen, I'm being renewed. I've got the old stories. I'm an old guy. Look at all this gray hair. I've got the old stories. I've got some old stuff. But I'm still being renewed on the inside. I'm just a puppy on the inside. Hallelujah. I'm under construction, baby. I'm being renewed day by day. It doesn't matter how old you are. I just heard something, uh, somebody famous, and I can't remember it. Holy Spirit, help me. I don't remember. He turned 90-something years old. And I'm thinking, wow, that person's that old. And I'm thinking, well, I ain't getting any younger either. But that person, just, uh, I, I can't remember. I apologize. But regardless, 
Say, man, even if you're 90-something years old. Then I had a friend of mine who just told me that his grandfather's in his 90s and they want to move him closer because, you know, if he falls out or something like this, you know, somebody from the family might be able to, you know, check in on him and, and, and so that he's not fell down and then no one ever able to help him. Anyway, long story short here, what I'm saying to you is, look, that 90-something year person, old person, if they're renewed and in the inner man day by day, it doesn't matter what's happening out here. That status on the inside is changing. It's being renewed day by day. And there's a vigor inside of you. See, don't believe what the body is trying to tell you. Don't believe that. Don't trust that. Because that's not what this is all about. Oh, I can't wait to get my new body. Some Me either, because I'm going to be six foot two. I can't wait to get the new body. I'm going to be tall. I'm going to be big. I'm going to be cut. No more short jokes. Seth, you better not. No more short jokes. When I get the new body. Yeah, and seeing I can make sillies like this and be funny and all that, but that really, what the, here's the thing, the best of me is yet to come. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how bad you feel in your body. The best of you is yet to come. I believe that. Absolutely, the best of you. And Michelle said, amen. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Say, I got to need the best of him. I'm glad she's not here to say amen. No, I, please, hear me. Hear my heart. No, 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 no. Hear the heart of God. The best of you is yet to come. It doesn't matter where you are right now. It doesn't matter if you're on the mountaintop, you're in the valley low. It doesn't matter where you are right now. The best of you is yet to come. If you're, listen, if you're working on being transformed by the renewing of your mind, if you're in the word of God, and if you're about following God, if you are about being his disciple, the best of you is yet to come. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but Tony, you don't know. Yeah, you think I don't know? You think me and Michelle have never gone through hard times? Either both of us together or separately, and now that we're together, everything is together. So my brothers and sisters, yes. You don't know, brother. My kids, they're this. My kids aren't saved. Don't, hey, don't give up. You keep praying. Don't, don't, then, don't hit them in the head with a ball. Keep praying. Well, my grandkids, is my, my nephew. No, keep praying. Keep praying. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I'm sick. I've been battling this. I'm getting older now. I'm so tired. I can't do the things you used to, I used to do. I told you, either can I. But my brother and sister, here I am pouring out everything that I've got in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, believe it. Hang on to it. Hang on to it like a bulldog. Bulldog faith. Grab on and don't let go. The best of you is yet to come. Don't believe. Don't walk by sight. Walk by faith. The best of you is yet to come. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm going to leave you with this scripture. Uh, I, I stumbled on this scripture this week and it's just beautiful. Psalm 84, 5 through 7. Blessed is the man or woman whose strength is in you whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Let me say this to you, my brothers and sisters. When I read this, I'm thinking, yes, hallelujah. Blessed is the man or woman. Blessed is the person whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. What does that mean? I'm on a journey. See, in, in, those, in that text, in context, they were talking about going to Jerusalem, 
going to the, to the house of God, the temple of God, going to be with God, going, right, John? That's, that's talking about the pilgrimage. The pilgrimage, uh, no matter where I am, I'm a Jew. I got to get to Jerusalem. That's where I'm going, where the presence of God is. I'm going where the Ark of the Covenant is. I'm going where the temple of God is. I'm going to God's house. Well, how does this apply to me? It applies to you and me. Blessed is the p- person who is, his strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. We are, listen, we're sojourners. We're pilgrims. Right now, we're living life, and it doesn't matter how old or how young you are. You are sojourners. You are pilgrims. You are, listen, listen, you're walking toward God. God gets to say what your course is. God is the one who set what your completion is, and it's Him. He is the one. So now I'm walking toward Him. I'm set, my heart is set on pilgrimage, not set on what's here. My heart is set on getting, continuing to get closer to Him. Continuing to get closer to him. Are you with me? All right. As they pass through the Valley of Baca, that's, that's, that Valley of Baca that represents this valley of, of these trees that weep. Valley of Baca. So this could mean, to us it means, you know, this valley, you're going through a valley and it's not pleasant. There's weeping that's going on. Right? It's not pleasant. But even though you're going through this hard time, you're going through this valley, this Valley of Baca, this valley of weeping, your tears... Make it a spring. (sighs) Did you get that? Your tears make it a spring. And the rain fills and makes pools in this nasty place, this valley. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you're going from strength to strength. See, my brothers and sisters, I got to go through the valley. Because I'm, I got to go through the valley. Because in order for me to, listen, in order for me to pass and get to that next level, there's got to be some work that goes on. It's not about being comfortable. It's not about everything is going good and I believe and trust God more now because he's given me all this stuff because everything is going right. No, everything is going wrong and I trust him more because I got through that. And it was only by his grace, it was only by his strength that I got through that. So now I'm ready for the next thing. Bring it, devil. I'm, I'm going to the, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. See, they go from strength to strength. You go through the valley of Baca. Jesus was in the wilderness, tested. When he came out, he came out with a stronger anointing. It said he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. He, was, he had the Spirit without measure. He came out with a new anointing. My brothers and sisters, that's what me need. That's what we need. Are you under construction? Or has construction stopped? You feel like, well, I've, I've done enough. Now I'm just ready to cross the creek. No. If there's still breath in your body, it doesn't matter how bad that body feels. If there's still breath in that body, my brothers and sisters, it's time for you to go to the next level. It's time for you to step. Go from glory to glory. What's stopping you? That picture that I showed you, that place was an awesome place and the concept was really, really neat and they helped a lot of people. But it was because of sin And it went from eyes on God to eyes on this, what's around me, looking at what I can see 
versus the unseen realm. And that's why it got like that. And right now, there are so many things. Right now, there's just, they're, they're breaking that property up, and there's houses being built. Right now, if you go in that general area, you'll see billboards, time to tear down the tower, remove the tower. People, don't, people hate it. It's an eyesore. It's terrible. It's unsafe. It's this. It's that. Because now there's so many people that are living around it. I don't want to be that. See, I don't want to be that relic that represents what could have been. Oh, this is good. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that broken down something that people are just saying, okay, time for something new. No. best of me is yet to come. How about you? Stand with me, please. I'm not going to ask anybody to come to the altar, because nine times out of ten, you guys don't come anyway. But here's what I'd like to do. I, I just got to say what's true. Here's what I, here's what I want to do. Wherever you are, listen, wherever you are, and you know that you haven't been going from glory to glory. You know. You got satisfied where you are. You're doing just enough to think that maybe you've got heaven bagged. You, that's all you're trying to do is just get to heaven. Well, I think God put us together today so that we could all be reminded we're not supposed to be there wherever there is for you right now. He's called us to be complete. He's called us unto perfection. And perfection only means what He's designed us to do. That's what perfection means, whatever He's called us to. I'm not there yet. Is there anybody in this room that's all the way there? Thank you, God, I didn't see any hands go up. Is there anybody in this room that wants to be there, that wants to go from glory to glory? I do too. I do too. So let's pray together. Let's bind our faith together. Let's build each other up. Amen? Amen. So you pray. I love it. I see couples holding hands. I love it. God, you heard it. You heard some amen, some confessions affirming, Father, that we don't want to stay where we are, that we want to move on to perfection. Father, that we want to pass from this status, this stature, wherever we are with you. We want to go to the next level. Lord, we're dust, and you know it. And we've made some mistakes. We've made some bad decisions. Father, I pray for those of us right now who know that we're not where we're supposed to be, and we know that we've made some bad decisions. I pray, Lord, right now that we would realize that you've forgiven us, that those things mean absolutely nothing anymore because of the blood of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us repentance. And so, Lord, as we receive your word this morning, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would mix that with some faith, that we would no longer walk according to what we see, no longer be led by our own feelings, 
But Lord, I pray now that we would be led totally and strictly by love, the Spirit, and your Word. Father, in Jesus' name, over the next however many days, would you please let us feel you tangibly, not our feelings. No, 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 no. Would you please make us realize you tangibly? Father, when we read, let us understand what it is that we're reading. Father, would you please teach us, lead us, and guide us? Father, I know that there are people in this room that sincerely want to go to the next level. But Father, I also know that there is some pride. Father, would you please break down all of these strongholds, one of them being pride. Help us to realize, Lord, that we truly have not arrived. There's more. And the more is you. Lord, bring out the best in us. Bring out your best in us. Father, I pray that we would have this feeling in our bodies. I pray that in our bodies we would have our strength renewed. Father, for those of us who have been suffering in our bodies, Father, for those of us who don't feel like we're you know, quite there where we used to be, Father, I pray that we would, our strength would be renewed as we wait on you, Lord, even now in this moment. Our expectancy is from you. Thank you, Jesus, for all of these people. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything that you're going to do. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would continue to minister to us. Hallelujah. Be blessed, church. Be blessed. Let, just let the Spirit breathe on you. Hallelujah. Be refreshed. Be refreshed.